You can tell when somebody's trying to get to a leader in a wrong way. They're trying to get into their favor and position so that they can, they can have influence. Your gift will make room for you. Just keep getting better at what you do, and all of a sudden, you know, God, God will promote you. God has places he wants you in. We don't have to worm in. Absalom was a schemer. He was a self-confident fool. And Galatians says, you better not be deceived or be, be misled. You can't mock the justice of God. You will always, everybody say always, you will always harvest what you plant. You are listening to the Harvest Church Podcast. Here at Harvest, we love God, love people, and live with purpose. Our services are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's listen in to a message by Pastor Joe Coyne. Let's get right into our uh, topic for this year. Uh, I'll be winding down this series in a bit. Uh, but I, we're talking about how to live the lifestyle of honor. How to live the lifestyle of honor. And if you haven't been to one of our Wednesday night services, God is doing a wonderful thing on Wednesday night. And our youth, please get them there. In the sanctuary and all the kids' ministries, we're talking about how to live by faith. And, and that's an amazing topic. It's, it, it's teaching us how we receive from God. Can, does anybody need to know that much more how to receive from God, how to get your needs met, how to receive what the Bible says is ours? We are focusing on that on Wednesday night. So we've got a, you know, a good balance going on here with honor, Sundays, and faith Wednesday evenings. And so Malachi 1.6 is sort of like our, our, our foundational scripture in this series, and this is God speaking. He says, isn't it true that a son honors his father? And again, remember, I know there's so many, really, uh, more than half of us didn't have a father, or more, more over that, more, more of us had a father, but they didn't lead spiritually. And, and that's why we need good pastors and leaders over our life. We've been serving our pastors for the past 35 years. So when I talk a little pastoral about uh, things like this, it's because we do it, and we've done it, and it's been an immense blessing to us. And like I said, when we were talking about worshiping God in the sanctuary, when, whenever a minister's shine gets too bright, I'm like, where's Jesus? Whenever the shine uh, on our praise team gets too bright, that team's supposed to get us, help us get into the presence of God, not, not act all cool and just be entertaining you. It's all focused toward getting us in the presence of God because we need some answers. We need some change. It's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. He's, he's the one that can remove burdens and destroy oaks and, and, and give us everything we need. If you, if you are wondering, that's a good God. He's El Shaddai, more than enough. So Malachi 1.6 says, isn't it true that a son should honor his father? And a worker, his, his supervisor or master. So if I'm your father, God's saying this to all of us. If I'm your father, he's a person. He sits on the throne. Where's the honor? And if I'm your master and supervisor, where's, where's the respect? We have to talk about this because there's no honor in the world today. And I'm wondering where the honor is in the church today. Because if the church has honor in it, it becomes the conscience for the community, for the city, for the state, for the nation, and the nations of the world. So thank God. We're here to honor who? God. Come on. What's, what's his name? Jesus. Come on. What's his name? Jesus. And that he's the way, truth, and life. 
we defer to him in everything. Dishonor upsets God, and we can see this, and we've talked about it. And it should upset us. Have you ever been shopping, and all of a sudden, a young kid says something so out of whack, uh, sideways to the parents? And, and, and yet the parents laugh it off. Um, well, our kids did do that maybe once or twice. And we weren't like, Shh, Hannah, you be a little quiet. That wasn't nice. When you get home, we're going to have a time out. So we, we, we just um, probably took them up in our arms and we um, paid for our stuff and went home. And we had a discussion. Come on, everybody had a discussion when you were raised up? When you go, <laughs> so again, we, we didn't, you know, we talked about things, and we also shared with them that, you know, what you did there wasn't honorable. Um, now, parents might do things that aren't honorable themselves, and their kids are just replicating what they do. Wow, that just came out before I thought about it. And, but it's true. We need to be honorable, and I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's get right back in here. Honor means high public esteem. And okay, so that child was public. That wasn't right that they did. And, uh, you know, um, the book of Proverbs talks about correcting your kids because then you'll save them from hell. If we don't check our kids, they'll act up in school. If they act up in school and no one's able to check them because you bailed them out because little Johnny can't do anything wrong, you're undermining authority. Now, I'm not saying, you know, the, the teachers need to do things right and speak things right, but we need to support our teachers. Any teachers in the house today? Any, any type of teachers? Was, was that, is that a pretty good word this morning? Okay, right? Because, again, sometimes parents come in and, and they, they don't allow the correction to happen when it needs to. And let me just say this, if you're not checked now, you'll be checked later. And if you never let somebody check you, you'll be incarcerated soon. That's what jails are for, for people that are out of control in their flesh. There's some people say, I just believe God is protecting us with his angels. We don't need an army. Wait a minute. There's too many people in the flesh that don't even answer to God. They're in rebellion. So we need to have the biggest best, most articulate, highest level army in the face of the world and keep getting better because we will, we will collaborate, we will discuss, we will uh, try to work out things, and if you get in rebellion, well, we're just going to have to check you on that. Right. Amen. All right. Well, you know, so honor, public esteem, credit, or reputation for behavior that's becoming or worthy high respect as for worth, merit, or rank. And the, the definition we've been working on here too is honor can refer to a great physical weight, to be heavy, weighty, uh, quantity of a thing. You know, people that we respect, we allow their words to be weighty in our life. People we don't respect, we barely even listen to them. Sometimes we don't respect the person because their lifestyle's all out of order. So you can only take so much weight from that person. But when someone proves themselves over time, has good fruit over time, they've proven themselves over time, uh, these are, we need to begin to 
allow them to speak into our life with, with a greater weight. So <clears throat> honor being considered something not light, it, it really translates, in other words, we are not to take God and his word and his ways lightly. Seek ye first. And, and evidence of honoring God is to view the word as the only, everybody say only, only instructional source to live life at its best. I'm going to say it again. It's, a, you know, evidence of honoring God is when we view his word as the only instructional source to living life at its best. Now, our opinion or ways that are different than God's instructions will lead us into a substandard standard existence. That's how much weight we should place on the Word of God. I just about get nauseated by looking at the news and just looking up, you know, different things happening out there in the world. I'm like, wow. People that are buying into those lies and letting their flesh just get out of control and not casting down thoughts. Listen, just because you had homosexual thoughts come to your life doesn't mean that's your one. It means you cast down every imagination that's contrary to the word of God and you lift up the standard of the word and, and every lifestyle comes because someone didn't check a word. Someone didn't check a thought. Everything we did with a bad result or a bad lifestyle or something contrary to the word is because we didn't, we, we didn't check a thought and we didn't, uh, we didn't allow God's word to be so weighty that no matter how I feel, I know who I am because God's my creator. He tells me who I am. So prior, listen, this is another sobering thing here. Uh, priorities that ignore God today is going to create big problems tomorrow. Big problems. Now, the scripture I want to refer to is Matthew 7, 24. It says, everyone who hears my teaching. Is anybody hearing me today? And, you know, I'm ministering on the word of God here. And, and you know what? When we hear this and we apply it to our life, it can be to a wise man, wise person, who built their house on an what? Unshakable foundation. Unshakable foundation. Another scripture refers to, you know, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. God can't be shaken. We have a solid foundation, and we're going to move forward, not just surviving, but thriving with God. An unshakable kingdom. His word is unshakable. Uh, and, and because the rains are coming, uh, floods are coming. Fierce winds are going to blow and beat up against that house. But you know what? Because it was settled, life is settled on the foundation of God's Word. What does it mean? What does it mean to be settled on the foundation of God's Word? It means on every subject and topic that you face in life, God has a word for it. And if you will build your life based upon that truth, when the floods come, when the challenges come, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers out of them all because what we're founded on is unshakable. Now, when's a, you know, it, it, this house that was built on, like, uh, for instance, uh, w there's a whole 
class right there, I think about uh, 50 folks back there talking, studying about how to have a, a better marriage. And the foundation of any better marriage is going to be the Word of God. So if, if we're saved and if we're learning and if we're growing in the love of God, right? God places His love on our spirit, the God kind of love. There is never, everybody say never. There's never been two Christians that walked in the love of God ever visit the divorce court, ever. However, there's one that walked in love and the other one that didn't, didn't want that, so there was separation. However, then there's, you know, somebody says, God despises divorce. Yes, he does, but he does not like child abuse either. God didn't want his kids you know, whether it's the male or the female, to, to uh, emotionally, psychologically abuse someone. Nor, I'm going to get upset about this. I don't care what discussion you're having. I don't even care if the lady's punching you out. Run. You do not put your hands on her. You do not. Now, you might have to maybe push your way out of it, but run, Joseph. Josephine, that, that's a story in the Old Testament that uh, Joseph was in the house of Fair, Potiphar's house, right? Yeah, right. And, and so the wife of Potiphar, right, came in to try to have relations with him. And he ran. So you know what? We can run. And I teach our men, when we, something, we, when we hear something inappropriate, we see something inappropriate, we bounce from whatever we're seeing onto what God is saying. All right. It's a great day to be in church today, isn't it? Amen. A great day to be in church today. So this house stood firm because of its strong foundation. Now, let's give contrary to those who listen to uh, the news and take all their checks and their their, uh, their um, new truth every day, there's always, you know, what's your truth? And what's your, I don't have truth. I, I don't have an opinion on that. I, I found my truth on the Word. God tells me. He's my Father. He raised me that way. So, a challenge to this, too, is that that's why we, we need to, not legalistically, keep the Word before our eyes. Keep the words coming in our ears. Keep assembling. Keep assembling around good, good friends that are going in the right direction. Because anything built on anything other than uh, the Word of God, I might as well just pause here and say it. You know, the world says, hey, listen, play some pornography before you have relations because that will help you. That's sickening. I will have no image in my mind before me but my wife and her alone. Well, no. All right. So anybody that does not apply the word of God, the same challenges came to them, and they are foolish because they heard the word, they didn't do it, so their house is built on sand. You see those houses on mountains sometimes that the foundation crumbles and it just slides down the mountain. It's terrible. Wrong foundation. 
And guess what happened? When, when the challenges came, that house collapsed and was swept away. How do we have, uh, how do we, how could we have God meet our needs going into the future because of this turbulent world we live in? We build our foundation on God's way of doing and being right financially. We tithe, we give. And again, some people say, I, I talk about money again. No, I'm just trying to let you know there is a seed time and harvest law, and there's also the law of the tithe. And again, I'm not in the law. Well, wait a minute. If, if, if Under the law, they gave 10%. What are we doing grace where God is blessing us? That's a starting point. That's the grace that we stand in today is, you know, you're not judged if you didn't tithe, but when you come into the truth, as far as me and my household, we will never make a decision. As for us in this ministry, we will never make a decision that would eliminate our ability to tithe and to give. Because give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. You know, this campus didn't come because of my just faith alone, but people acted on the word of God and they are blessed. How many are blessed as you tithe and you give? How, did God, has God ever let you down ever? No, no, he has not. And, and so, you know what? Um, that's a solid foundation going into the future because a lot of things are going to crumble, but God's foundation won't. How about your healing? How about, you know, does God want you well? Well, he does because the word of God says himself took your infirmities bear your sicknesses, and with Jesus' stripes you're healed. Same way he took your sickness to the salvation of your soul, the same way he took your sin and your pain to the healing of your mind and healing of your body. Because you're going you're gonna to have some turbulence. One of the last flights I think we were on, I mean, it wasn't just like, it went, boom. I was like, dang. <laughs> Psalm 9, they won that one. All right, angels can't brown about this plane. <laughs> it really doesn't bother me because one time I heard the illustration that when you're in the air, you're flying, you're really, it's sort of like driving in a car. When you hit bumpy roads or that kind of thing, you, you sort of hit uh, bumpy clouds and whatever, whatever. So, <laughs> so anyway. I said that wrong, didn't I, babe? Yeah, boy, I was saying, boy, you got that all wrong. But anybody, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, so if you're in a car and all of a sudden you hit a pothole, you're not like, <gasps> oh, gosh. <laughs> no, that can't, can't say thoughts come to my mind when you get that kind of turbulence. We were flying in a few times coming into a landing strip, and the wind was so, so hard that he couldn't land straight, they had to sort of, it was like against the wind. And Anyway, my foundation is God cares for me, God protects me, with all life he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation and all that kind of good stuff. All right, <clears throat> let me just get into uh, just a, a good illustration of, of what we see in the world today, dishonor. You know, dishonor uh, and again, I'm not saying dishonor hasn't always been with us, but it sure seemed like it went up a different level in the 60s. Some of you weren't even born. All right, so, but some of you were born before that. So anyway, and uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat here. So <clears throat> I'm in the 60s. So 
we see the spirit of dishonor in the world today, and it's been cultivated. There's been seeds, and, and, and you know what? Again, the church should have been uh, sowing honor while the world was sowing dishonor. So over the years, we see that it's developed where it is to today. And we see the spirit of dishonor in a, in, in, I'm going to just sort of cap, capsulize this illustration, but in 2 Samuel chapter 16 through 19, and what I want to say, we, you know, we read about David's son, Absalom. We've been talking about him throughout some illustrations, throughout different series, because it's just different angles that really, really um, will help make a difference, help us see. So we read about Absalom's son, and he, he was known as a schemer. Schemer, slick, worm their way into things. You can tell when somebody's trying to get to a leader in a wrong way, they're trying to get into their favor and position so that they can, they can have influence. That's disgusting. Your gift will make room for you. Just keep getting better at what you do, and all of a sudden, you know, God, God will promote you. God has places he wants you in. We don't have to worm in. All right. So Absalom was a schemer. He was a self-confident fool. And Galatians says, you better not be deceived or be, be misled. You can't mock the justice of God. You will always, everybody say always, you will always harvest what you plant. How's your attitude toward your boss? Well, there's coming a day if you ever are a boss, it's going to come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shake together, running over. Why in the world are my employees acting like a fool? Well, think about it. Just leave it there. I was reading after um, Bill Edgar, and, and it just brings out a good, uh, good thoughts about Absalom. Absalom killed his half-brother Amnon in a revenge murder. And he wiggled his way back into his father's favor. He hired a publicist to praise him. He hired a publicist to praise himself throughout Israel. He became so popular. And then he began promising justice for everyone. And then he sought to take his father David's throne. That's slick. That's a jiver, conniver they slip and tip and dipping and whatever. You ever just be before somebody, you just really can't get a hold of them. You're like, what the heck? Just something, something. Well, you just better watch out because that could be a warning from God. Pay attention. So Absalom sought to take over his father's throne with a coup d'etat to take over Rebellion. When you think about that word, it's violent, unlawful seizure of power from a government. Absalom had raised up a rebellion to take David's kingdom. Talk about how hurtful that would be. Think about my kids if they ever did something like that. Wow. So honor did not suit Absalom. Proverbs 26.1 says, just as snow should not fall in summer, nor rain at the harvest time, so people should not honor a fool. Absalom was acting foolish. He was a, he was a, 
Listen, let me just give you an example of this too. Uh, my wife and I have been in these things for quite a long time now, and we've been at churches, and, and, and there are times we go and meet with, we're on certain boards, and sometimes we'll be at a church, and all of a sudden we'll, we'll see a particular person, there's something slick about them. There's something, something going on behind the scenes, Some, someone trying to attract someone to themselves and not support the pastor. Because they want to go do their own thing. They think they can do it better. And I, there's been several, I want to say several times, but there's been times that I, I said, listen, I'm just going to give you a swift warning. If, if, if I'm stepping over the bounds here, forgive me. But something about that person, you need to watch out. And you need to address. You don't go in there and correct them, you know, be mean to them. But you sit down with them, look them in the eyes. You know, and say, what's going on? So, and, and when pastors have not done that, within that whole situation, sometimes there's been church splits because there was a schemer. There was someone who was jiving and conniving behind the scene. And that's why the word says, one of the greatest things we can all do as a body, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren, all of us to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment that flowed from the head all the way through the body. If you don't agree with the pastor, leave quietly because you're sowing seeds toward your next thing. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. As a matter of fact, I don't really know a church split in history that ever made it because it, it was created on the wrong foundation. When my wife and I were sent from Bishop Pat, this okay? When my, I guess you have to say that, right? So um, my wife and I, being with Bishop Passion, Lady Joy at St. Peter's for all those years, and we, st I mean, we're still connected, we're on their board and so forth, for, for the past, again, 35 years we've known them. But, but long story short, we served them for many years, and we continue to serve them today. Every pastor should be in the helps ministry. So you never get the big head that you're it and everybody else serves you. No, I'm in the helps ministry to uh, Pastor Hagen, Miss Lynette, and all that we're doing uh, in, in, in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the most parts of the world. But then also from Ramah, God sent us to Bishop Passion Lady Joy because we needed to learn how a lo local church functioned. And, and be truthfully with you, I needed to be pastor because I, didn't, I was not raised pastor, you know, under good, you know, my dad, God bless him. I love my dad. He's in heaven now. But um, ah, I hate that. I hate to say that. But um, he worked a lot. He supported seven kids, wonderful provider. And, and yet at the same time, but he wasn't really a good spiritual leader. I know that, that feels bad, doesn't it? That just feels bad. But the thing about it is he, he did improve in his life to the point that when, when uh, we were sent to Pioneer Church, he allowed us to be his pastors yes. to the day he died. Yes. What a good man. Yes. But he wasn't raised that way. Yes. And therefore, we weren't raised that way. And again, a lot of you weren't raised that way. Hey, let's change that. Let's start a whole new legacy. No matter what we didn't get, Let's go after what we need to get. Let's get under good leadership that help, wants to help you to develop and, and, and grow to your full potential. But there's been times that, you know, 
I know what it looks like to pioneer a church in the right way. So I also know what it looks like when someone's trying to pioneer something in a wrong way. Because I've seen it. I've experienced it. And you walk, you pray, you do your best to, uh, it's just dishonorable. My wife and I would walk and pray when that would happen. We would pray for crying and cry for praying. Because it was all about what ha- the impact it was going to have on the people. So Absalom's not the only schemer. These illustrations are way. I'm going to be aware of stuff in my world, my kids, parents. Where are you sending your kids to have a sleepover? What kind of foundation and character they have in that household? What, what, what's going on? Because they could be exposed to something that you're not aware of. Then all of a sudden they begin to carry it because a seed in a wrong environment was planted into their mind and got into their soul. And they're like, what happened to Johnny? What happened to Susie? What happened to whoever? It matters where you send your kids. We didn't let our kids go to places that were not, to stay over places that were not honorable. You say, well, all my, my, all my family is dishonorable. I said, well, I, I, they wouldn't be having any sleepovers over there. But you don't know my family. Well, that's the reason why you need to start a new legacy. Let's move forward in this thing. Okay. So let me get back to Absalom, the schemer. Think about that, all the seeds he's sown wrong. Well, there was an advisor named Ahithophel, and he told him, told Absalom how how to complete the coup with quick success. But David also had a friend who's called Hushai. I thought about sushi. But overcoming, I don't know why, it just happened. But, uh, but I don't like sushi. I like cooked sushi. You that? That's stir fry. Okay. So, but David's friend, Hushai, overcame Ahithophel's advice by appealing to Absalom's grandiosity, giving him precisely wrong advice. The schemer was getting what he had sown. To gather a huge army and let it lead it yourself in glorious battle against your father. And pick up in 2 Samuel 17. It says, Absalom and all his company agreed that the, of, with the counsel of Hushai and the archite. Was be- they said, it's better than the counsel of Ahithophel. See, because God had to allow the seeds that Absalom sowed to happen in his life because it's, it's a law. Don't be mocked. Don't, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So God allowed discredit on the counsel of Ahithophel to bring ruin to Absalom. God didn't do it. He didn't even need to help it. It was just sown. So it came back to them. Then Hushai told the priests, now, um, Zadok and Abathar said, Ahithophel, uh, 
uh, advise Absalom and the elders of Israel thus and thus, and I advise them thus and thus. You know what Zadok and Apthar did? He said, now send this message as quickly as possible to David. Don't spend the night on this side of the river. Cross immediately or the king and everyone with him will be swallowed up alive. Some reaping going on. These are priests that were under David. So it ended up where Joab killed Absalom in battle. And then then the kingdom had a revelation. What was this revelation? Only then did Israel realize its mistake of honoring a fool. I referred to it. You know, Germany had a great awakening after following Hitler to defeat in World War II. There's many different illustrations with that. But folks, we need to continue to talk about the subject of honor because we're learning to live a lifestyle of honor. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. We honor your word. We don't take it lightly. And Father, we're so thankful for for even the word talks about where there's the washing of the water of the word. Sometimes we just feel like we're cleansed or cleaned up or Father, we, we, and if you're with me on this, you can say it aloud or you can just say it underneath your breath. God, forgive me if I've dishonored anybody or if I honored someone I shouldn't have. Oh, Father, help us to realize that our life is a seed. What we say and what we do matters. But oh, I thank you for those that do learn this lifestyle of honor. You said in your word, wisdom gives a long, good life, riches, honor, pleasure, and peace. You said two goals, wisdom, that is knowing and doing right and common sense. Don't let them slip away, for they'll fill you with life, energy, and bring you honor and respect. The wise are promoted to honor, but fools are promoted to shame. If you exalt wisdom, wisdom shall exalt you. Hold her fast, and she'll lead you to great honor. She will place a beautiful crown upon your head. Not, we're not doing these things to get honor. We're not doing these things to get promoted. We're doing these things because it pleases you. Father, we give you the praise and the honor and glory. If your head's about eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Savior, your Lord, he's the only way. Don't let the world fool you. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to Jesus except, no man can come to the Father except through Jesus. And yet, no one can come to Jesus except the Father draws him toward Jesus. If you don't, if you don't know Jesus today, I, I, know, I know this is happening to you. I don't think it's happening to you. I know it's happening to you. The Father is drawing you to Jesus to get your life right, to, to, to make him Savior and Lord of your life, which depends on where you'll be for eternity in heaven. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shine. Only one way to get there. His name is Jesus. Are you settled on, if you were to die today, if you were to die today, where you would go? I mean, split second, just gone. What a blessed hope and such, such a wonderful thing when whoever just passed knew Jesus and went to the presence of the Lord. That is so wonderful. I do miss my dad, but I know where he's at. I miss my brother. 
I know where he's at. We'll see him again. If you're here today and you'd like me to include you in a prayer, we're going to pray this all together. But I need to see your hand. Who's going to pray with me today? Go ahead and lift up your hand right there. Thanks. 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 I'll wait on you for a minute. I want to say it again. If you don't know Jesus or you're not right with Jesus, the Father's drawing you to him. That's what he does. No one can come to Jesus unless he does. Thank you for raising your hands today. As I look one more time, if you have not raised your hand and wanted to, just raise your hand and I'll acknowledge you and we'll begin to pray. Why do I have to raise my hand? Well, it's a part of your faith saying, you know what, something's going on. And I heard things today that drew me to Jesus. And, and right now what I heard, I'm going to act on it, get my life right with him. I'm just going to go ahead and receive him as my Savior. I don't know where I'd go if I would die today. I'm not trying to f- put fear in you, but there's the fear of God in it. Let's pray this prayer out loud together today and say it with all your heart. Say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all my sin. I believe on the third day you raised him from the dead. And Jesus, I believe you're alive today. You are the Savior of the world. But I also know I need to receive you as my Savior. Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Thank you for cleansing me. I am so sorry for all my past. And I turn towards you. And I thank you that you are my Savior and you are my Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. If this message was a blessing to you, make sure to share with your friends and leave a review. For more information about who we are and where we're located, check out our website at harvest-triad.com.